What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chaus, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the fantasy headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am joined once again by my man, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What's going on, buddy? I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. we're, we're coming into week 15, which is playoff week for Ooh. all of you fantasy footballers out there. This is for the most everybody round one. And if you don't have a first round by, you know, you're you're kind of scrambling, I think, at this point to try to, you know, figure out what pieces you're going to kind of fill in here, because as we're going to be talking about a little bit later in the show, this is pretty much COVID week. Chaus. Yeah. Yes, it is, man. It's blowing <laughs> up like a madman. I mean, what uh, we'll talk about it, but I mean, it's it's getting it's getting real, man. We were joking before we get started. We were actually, you know what? Let's start off with the respect first. First and foremost, the respect, man. It happened on Thursday Night Football uh, last week. It, it was announced. Uh, rest in peace, DT Demarius Thomas. Um, I mean, just super sad news, man. I feel like, you know, obviously it's it's almost a week now. Thursday will be a week, but we haven't been on air. But I mean, this dude, I've been watching all of his uh, all the people come out and talk about him. And, and he was legit one of the real ones, like a real good dude, man. Like, And he did so many good things without the spotlight on, without the camera on. And then, you know, you know, he's a good dude when because I mean, you know how many people like, you know, they pass away and everyone says, oh, he was a great guy, this, that and the other. But these people are coming out in drones talking about what he did for them and, and showing how he actually did these things for these people. He was legit and awesome human being and i mean what 33 years old um had some health issues gone way too soon man i mean i feel like we just did happy trails for him for his retirement uh this this year i mean just yeah. unbelievably sad news rest in peace demarius thomas prayers to you and your family man absolutely i mean super super sad news and he was i mean he was somebody that was just absolutely electric on the field but like you just you know mentioned earlier, it's the the number of people that are coming out speaking to how great of a person that he was, and you just hear story after story. Like everyone mentions his smile and his charisma and his his upbeat, uh, you know, personality. And I read a story, you know, that they did on on his his upbringing, you know, with his you know his his mom and his grandmother who had the drug problems when he was only what ten, maybe eleven years old, mm. and that he was able to you know kind of overcome all of that. And just it's it's a great story, but it's just so sad to see somebody so young, you know, leave us that that quickly. Um, one one thing I thought was cool was uh, this past Sunday when the Broncos played uh, the their last drive of the game resulted in a total of 88 yards and it ended in a touchdown. So that Look was a nice that. little nice little tribute there. Look at that, man. And they started the game right, man. Respect to both even Detroit and Denver, man. Lining up with 10 I love guys, that. right? So did I. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Well done. Huge class move. 10 guys on the field. They lined up. They got the flag, you know, left a spot for Demarius to be on the field for him. And then Detroit didn't take the penalty. Like, uh, unbelievably good stuff to see, man. I mean, but Demarius, rest in peace, dude. Didn't know you. I wish I did based on how everyone's talking about you, man, because you were legit one of the real ones, it looks like. And and I mean, you'll be missed by a lot of people, man. Absolutely. Anyway, we do got to move forward with some football. And before we jump into COVID talk, I want to talk about this real quick, Chris, because oh. I, saw, I just saw it recently as we were, we were gearing up for the show. It was on Twitter and it was Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss head coach. He was asked a question about all this transfer stuff in college. I know this is not college, a college show, but I do college on Headliner U. So you know what? Expand your minds, y'all. Listen to this. This is interesting because Lane all Kiffin, right. 
Lane Kiffin, he comes out, he's asked a question about, you know, the transfer portal. We haven't seen a transfer portal this active in God knows how long. And it's just been crazy. Like elite player after elite player. And, and you know, even even the subpar four-star players, they're, they're entering this portal because they want to leave their current team and they want to go elsewhere. Lane Kiffin, Kiffin was asked a question. How does he feel about this situation? And he says, I quote, People don't say it as uh, say it this way, but it's uh, sorry. Here we go. People don't say it this way, but let's not make the mistake. We have free agency in college football. He goes on and says some other things. And then I caught another quote of his saying, because of NIL, free agency has been created in college football, except we can't lock them up under contract. I I thought this statement was like it, it was a two minute clip. I caught only two of his quotes, but I mean, these were the most important aspects of what I want to bring up because it's so true. Remember when we discussed NIL, when they first uh, brought it up into college football, we said, yeah, there could be some issues coming from this where players making so much money that, you know, it may inhibit their future NFL stardom. You know, they may be careless with their money, et cetera, et cetera. But again, we were both on board saying, you know, the players deserve a right to earn some money. But yep. this is an interesting aspect because college football, uh, uh, not even knowingly, they created a situation for themselves where Lane is 100% correct as, as a team now. Okay, money aside, these guys are leaving for money, the more money that they can possibly make because they see NIL over here. I can make more money. I'm leaving. I'm enter, entering the transfer portal. What do you do in this situation if you're a top-end school who had a bad year and these guys are just getting out for the box, man? Like, what do you do to retain talent now? First of all, I thought it was very interesting that it was Lane Kiffin making these statements because he's pretty, much the, he's pretty much the transfer portal of coaches. So. It is. It's funny. It's funny how that works. But I think he's absolutely right. I mean, you know, these these NILs pretty much it, it's like a free agency you know market that you see in professional sports now where some of these college players are probably going to be kind of trying to go to bigger markets to try to make more money so they can become more marketable themselves. It may not be, you know an opportunity for them to win a championship. But right now, yeah, they very well could be just trying to chase the money, which a lot of professional free agents do. You know, they chase the money at some point and then eventually throughout their career, like, oh, I'll worry about a championship later. I'm just going to go after the money now. It's crazy. It's crazy to see in college football. And I mean, it's a different dynamic now. I wonder how this is actually, are they going to put a couple, maybe you have to play for the team for at least two years. I don't know if they can do that. And it's just, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic that you're putting in to a sport where, where players aren't being paid, but they are now. And it's just crazy, man. College football is weird. NCAA is strange to me all over the place. I almost wonder if maybe they write something into their scholarship where it says, okay, right. well, you're going to get it. You're going to get a free ride, but you have to be at the school for a minimum of X number of years to, you know, keep that scholarship. Otherwise you owe us money by the time you leave the school. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I, I, it, I, it, I, I could, I could see the NCAA doing something petty like that because they're so freaking greedy. That's that's it, man. The greed is real. And I mean, I'm, I'm only looking at it from the football perspective on Lane Kiffin, even though you make a great point that he's being a hypocrite himself, but I, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's hilarious because he's not wrong. And, and it's, it's a very intriguing situation. Just want to drop that. I just saw it on the Twitter sphere uh, before we hopped on. I thought it was actually very interesting. I do want to, I do want to say one more thing about it is that it's, it's interesting how, Coaches can just, you know, they can go into a player's, you know, home and look the parents right in the eye and say, I'm going to take care of your child for the next four years. You know, you can trust me, but these coaches can up and leave whenever the hell they want. And there are no repercussions, you know, and that player is just left behind. So of course that player is going to want to leave and go somewhere where he feels appreciated and actually can trust the coaching staff. But when a player does it, it's, oh, well, you know, 
he wasn't giving us all. He didn't believe in this. He's not, you know, and it's, it's so hypocritical when mm. it comes to players and coaches. Great point, man. And I mean, I, I can't stand the life of hypocrisy. If you're going to go one way, be one way. If you're not, I mean, don't, don't double back. Right. I'm, I'm with you. I a hundred percent agree because I mean, Lincoln Riley is the perfect example of what, what you just said. I mean, he, oh, bowed, he, he bowed out before even the bowl game for God's sakes to go take his job at SC and he's taken all of his recruits with him. Apparently he even had mm-hmm. uh, he had one of his uh, uh, scouts or recruits there he, he was he was scouting for sc before he even left man so I, oh i didn't know that yeah man there's a bunch of <laughs> shit going on over there but i mean it's truth okay so that's when when people come with the argument to say you know the players deserve this xyz it's truth man because it's one of those things I had the, the argument to say, you know, they're getting scholarship free ride at school. You know, they shouldn't really complain. But then I kind of morphed that argument because as things start to evolve, it's true. The schools make billions of dollars. The head coaches make millions of dollars. Why can't the players earn some cash too, right? Yep, I completely agree. And it's funny you say that. Um, I watched a trailer the other week um, of a movie that's going to be coming out. And I she, I wish I could remember the name of it, but it has to deal with something very much like this, where a team is going to be playing for the championship game in college and the star player pretty much is boycotting the championship because, you know, his teammates aren't making any money that like they they're barely able to, to, you know, get food and do this and that. And, uh, and so the whole movie surrounds, you know, these players on this one team boycotting the championship and seeing who's going to budge first, the NCAA or this team. Mm. So it's, it's interesting that they're now kind of bringing it more to the forefront and making it more, you know, for the, for the public to see. And that's great. I mean, it's true. You got to have a fair is fair. These guys are the product on the field. This is the reason why your programs see the NFL argument for players making money to the owners is kind of, it's a little bit easier to say, you know, the players earn a lot, the owners earn more, but I mean, it is what it is because everybody's wealthy in the NFL, right? So when mm-hmm. you're talking about college, it is the, the slope is extremely slanted, man. It's like all the way slanted towards uh, the, the, the big programs in the schools where they're earning billions and the players are earning nothing. Now, at least with the NIL, they're earning money, but it's not even from the school. So the school still earn. They don't have to pay the players. It's somebody else, a booster or an ad revenue that's paying the players. So they kind of got out of their own way with a, with a loophole. It's it's it's. And then now when you see, and I'm not even supporting Lane Kiffin. It's not like I'm sitting here t- saying, you know, Lane Kiffin's hundred percent correct. And this should be rectified. I'm saying he's correct on the statement that yeah, it's college football has created a free agency program with NIL and this transfer portal. It's very difficult for these teams now to come together and say, how the hell do we retain talent when these guys are chasing the buck? That's the only thing I agree with to clarify, just so nobody gets mad at me and saying, you're not for the players, Chris. Like, come on. I, I truly am for the players. I think they deserve the buck, too. Agreed. And and college basketball players are dealing with the same th- and programs are dealing with the same thing now where, you know, players are leaving after their freshman year. And it's just, you know, programs are now scrambling to try to find, you know, all this new talent to come in and, you know, for the most part, it's going to take these kids a couple of years to really develop. So that's why you aren't really seeing, you know, the powerhouses, you know, really come back and defend year after year like you did. Like, I mean, just for a quick example, uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels aren't mm. even ranked this year and they were always in the top 10 for years and years. So, you know, I think it's you're starting to kind of see these these college programs really start to scramble to try to, you know, build these dynasties that we were so used to seeing for decades.
Yeah, and I like it. You know what I like? Because it gives parity to the game. And and now you you kind of level the playing field without trying to level the playing field. Like a team like uh, USC. I mean, they haven't been relevant hmm. for God knows how long, right? I mean, you're talking Reggie Bush days. Like, that's how long it's been since they've been relevant. And now all of a sudden, Lane Kiffin, one big sign, his contract was ridiculous. Well, 100 million, uh, whatever, over, what, eight years, a full mansion, a private jet for family use. I mean, like, seriously, it's like the red carpet rolled out, and now he's bringing all these L.A. kids to stay home. And they're, and yeah. they're like, yeah, we're going to stay home because now we finally have a coach who's, uh, who's going to support the program who has had success. This is what you do now. So you got to play the game as it goes because guess what? You guys created the game NCAA and everyone's just catching up they're just like 50 years late man that's all if i had to set an over under for how many years of that contract he fulfills and i i'd probably set the line at three and a half i'd probably sure. take the under i'd probably <laughs> i'd probably say three years fair enough i can't argue <laughs> it whatsoever interesting stuff college football just had to say it now that the season's basically over college bowl games are coming the national championship it's exciting times but back to the shit talk man i mean covid covid mm. you mother effer it's rearing its ugly head again. I don't know what's going on. If the vaccines are starting to wean and, and it's not no protection, you got the new Omicron variant. I mean, it sounds like a f- thing that Elon Musk created in his Tesla lab. I mean, Omicron, I think, really? I think everyone's just coughing on everyone and just licking each other's cheeks. Yeah, making out with each other. Stop doing that stuff, man. That's how you pass germs. But I mean, Chris, 75 players in the last two 75. days, 70 mother effing five players are on the COVID list right now. And we are entering fantasy football playoffs. I mean, talk about scramble Cleveland Brown owners. Anybody have Cleveland Brown shares of players, LA Rams, um, just massive list of these players. You saw a couple from Minnesota. You saw the, uh, the Kansas City lost Chris Jones. He's on the COVID list where the Chargers lost uh, Rashawn Slater. I mean, the left tackle, like these are big names that are going to have a massive role on these games and they're not going to be playing, dude. No, I mean, you're you're really, really struggling right now. I mean, to the point where I mean, you know, and of course, with all these other injuries that are that are that are going on, you're struggling to find players. I mean, especially at the wide receiver position, like it's starting to get a little bit thin, depending on, you know, who you have, like Donovan Peoples Jones might have to be he might have to be your wide receiver, too, in some of your leagues. All right. That's how desperate we're getting. Yeah, man. And you're running back. One could be that kid from Detroit, that uh, Craig Reynolds, man, like. I was like, who, who is, I'm a football guy, man. And I was like, who is this guy? He looks good. Craig Reynolds. And yeah, good luck going to Vance, Arizona. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey man, who knows, man? You saw how they played. Miami's even got running back issues, man. Like everybody in the running back room right now is sick on the COVID list or has tested positive for COVID. Duke Johnson, man, he might be your RB1 this week, baby. I, I actually just put a claim in for him oh, in my leagues. <laughs> I still have him on my dynasty <laughs> roster. I could never give him up, man. And I'm I'm going to start him, man. If they play, I'm starting Duke this N- week, NFL. baby. NFL.com has him projected for 16 uh, half PPR points this week. Duke God, Johnson. I love it because it's two 16. of 16. 16 for Duke league winner. I love it, man. I say that louder for the people in the back that didn't hear it. Oh, buddy. Monday Night Football. You catch that game last night? It was pretty freaking crazy. It was crazy. And again, the controversy at the end. Like, I just oh. feel like more and more of these games are just coming down to the last play. And it's like they're just allowing the refs to just really decide what's going to happen here. Oh, I'm sick of it, man. I am so tired of all of the refereeing. 
Get off the field. Nobody's paying you to control the game. We're not watching for you. We're watching for the players, man. This game, though, this game really bugged me for the Cardinals. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we discussed this last week where I was saying, are the Cardinals underappreciated? And clearly they're not. And and people, including yourself, where you kind of grimaced when I asked you the question, are they legit contenders? You were like, yeah. And I'm like, see, you doubt them too. And, and the doubt was obviously real because they lose to the Rams on Monday Night Football. But I mean, this game to me, I've seen a lot of cards games this year, and this game to me was legit one of the worst uh, play calls by Cliff Kingsbury, whether it be the the calls in certain situations, the clock management was was very poor. I, I didn't like it. I mean, just mistakes all over the field when it came to that department. I mean, you had Kyler throwing interceptions uh, out of character for him, even though this is second week back from that ankle injury. He looked good the week before. I mean, just a recipe for disaster. And that's why the, the Rams, they really took it to him. Yeah. And I can't fault Tyler too much for the, for the interceptions. Like there were some tip passes, you know, it was, I think it was mostly bad luck. What concerns me about Arizona is going into this game. They had one of the best offensive lines at limiting defensive pressure on the quarterback. And in the first quarter alone, mm. Aaron Donald just absolutely destroyed them. He finished with three sacks. I think he had two alone in the first quarter itself. And he was just causing mayhem all over the place. We saw Kyler running for his life for a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> going over to the Rams side for just a second. There was a point, like a two or three week stretch where I was like, oh, like maybe the Rams aren't legit. Mm-hmm. And after watching last night's game, I was like, nope, they're back to being legit. Now, this is this is a formidable team that will absolutely compete with Tampa Bay for the NFC championship. I do think it's going to come down to the Rams, the Cardinals and the Bucks. I hate leaving the, the Packers out there because I don't think you can ever count out, you know, Aaron Rodgers. But I think these three teams top to bottom are just head and shoulders above everybody else in the NFC. Yeah, it's hard to argue, man. I mean, I'm I'm really on the Green Bay wagon right now, too, because that defense is really good. And and once they oh, yeah. get, and especially that Douglas kid, he comes off the practice squad and he's making plays like he's a freaking all pro. And I mean, they're going to get Jari back. They're going to get Smith back really soon. It's only going to help this defense that much more. Aaron just feeling himself right now, man. Like, I mean, him and Devontae, they, their chemistry. And like, man, you see those routes he was pulling on Chicago. I mean, you can't. Devontae Adams has some of the best footwork oh. in a wide receiver that I've seen in a long, long time. I mean, just, he can he can get the purest release off the line without even having to use his hands. Yeah, it's, he, when you make Chad Ocho single cry because of your route running, <laughs> you know you're doing something really well, man. Because you, you remember Ocho, he's sitting there crying how beautiful. Yeah, that's a beautiful route. That's a yeah. man. He he was cooking guys. Uh, but I mean, as for Arizona, I mean, it's a tough one, man. I don't know how to feel about them right now because they are an opportunistic defense. They do play good defense and they showed it uh outside of a couple big plays the obj play the van jefferson touchdown van jefferson right yeah. i mean outside of those their defense is still very good but they're i think they're overachieving i think that's kind of where i'm settling right now on that defense i don't think you're wrong because when you look at the defense i mean obviously you know no jj watts so it certainly does hurt the pass rush a little bit there um but I mean, there's there there are a few people here and there. I mean, Byron Murphy is one of the better, if not the best, slot quarterbacks in the league. Mm. Isaiah Simmons is a stud. Buda Baker, you know, stud. I mean, yeah, Chandler Jones, of course, absolute stud. Beast. You know, so they have pieces here and there. But I feel like it's it's tough for them to put it all together at once. 
And so that's something that I just want to see a little bit more from the defense is just that consistency. And that goes for every team is just, you know, can you do this week in and week out? Because come the playoffs, it's one and done. Like there is no, okay, we'll get them next week. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so so their their losses to the Rams and Green Bay, who's the third one too? I can't even remember who the third loss was. But I mean, right there, you've who maybe you pull it up on Packer, uh, Packers. Oh, the Panthers. Yeah. See, okay. So the Packer, Panthers were a sidestep. That was early on in the season, too, right? That was uh, three weeks ago. Okay. Three weeks ago. So a sidestep yep. to the Panthers. And then, you know, you lose to Green Bay, you lose to the, to the Rams. So now you got a question, a legit question mark. I mean, if you're talking about Super Bowl contender and you couldn't beat the Rams and the Packers already, even though you did compete, I mean, maybe they face them again and, King, and Kingsbury cleans it up and they find ways. That happens more often than not. But I mean, that showed me last night that, you know, they're not quite there yet. And, and when it comes mm-hmm. to their defense, I, I'm with you 100%. And you know what I think, you know, because you have Simmons, because you have that rookie Collins uh, or Zayvon Collins and you have uh, uh, Jones and, and Buddha, those guys are all, there's like six guys that are legitimate all-stars on that defense. And they're masking every single other, you know, inadequacy that they do have on the defense, but they're so mm-hmm. opportunistic. They're creating turnovers, but they are beatable. Once you put them in the right situation as the Rams proved. And how about Matthew Stafford? That mofo does not get enough respect from anybody nationally. I mean, the no look pass. If, if Patrick Mahomes does that, the whole world, Oh my God, look at Patrick. He did the same shit. I think that was even better than something I've seen Patrick Mahomes do in a while, man. Yeah. I mean, Stafford was, he was Stafford, you know, threw for almost 300 yards threw three touchdowns um, was great with the turnovers. You know, he didn't throw an interception, which is awesome. Of course, you know, Cooper cup is obviously the, has, has got to be the guy he's got to stay healthy because you take cup off of this team. And mm. I mean, it's a completely different Rams offense. I did like, I love to see OBJ being involved a lot more. You know, OBJ has really come into that Robert Woods role now, which is great. And Van Jefferson just keeps continuing to just wow us. I mean, that the separation he was able to get on that touchdown Mm. pass was phenomenal. Van Jefferson, I remember when he was coming out, I I fell in love with his game. And the reason I fell in love with it was his statistics coming out of college weren't over the top. That's why he was overlooked by a lot of scouts. But I mean, this is the problem. If you're not dissecting what these guys actually do very well, Van's number one skill set is that release off the line and his supreme route running ability. He is so good at creating that separation, like you said, simply because of that first step. He already has three yards on a guy when he breaks. Like It's like, you know, guys like Stevie Johnson, Ocho Cinco, those guys were so good off the line release wise that it's like that's that's your threshold for tops ever in the NFL when you're talking about release off the line. Van is getting there, man. And and I think with a few more seasons under his belt, man, he could be legit one of the better wide receivers in this league. And I do want to point out uh, to everybody over at Straight Shove that towards the end of last season, our boy Chouse was full on mm. Van Jefferson. Ooh. Mm -hmm. he was there two weeks in a row this guy's giving me props it's true though man thank you sir but it's true he was damn good and everyone was dogging me on it remember everyone was Mm -hmm. dogging me they're like you don't know i'm like i do know because i watch film and now we're seeing it come to fruition come to fruition as i sip my beverage wipe my chin because it tasted good We were talking earlier. It's funny. Tasted we'll good, or you just happen to miss your mouth? I missed my mouth. It <laughs> spilt on my shirt. 
it, it happens, you know, when you get a little too excited. But hey, you know, it's funny. Before we went on the show, I was asking Chris, I'm like, did you play high school sports? He says, yes, I did. I'm like, you know what? You know, did you ever go and drop a deuce before a game to make yourself feel lighter? Because to me, that was like a must, man. I think, you know, you got to feel you feel like you're 10 pounds lighter and you can run faster. All right. So here's my question. So <laughs> so I played basketball in high school and I'm sure there were I'm sure there were times where, yes, I I I did it before a game, but it wasn't like it was a it was a ritual because I'm not I'm not forcing out a poop if I don't have to force. Oh, them. man, I like was for I was forcing them, dude. It was it was like so you're you coming, were re- you were red face veins coming that, up. That's it, man. Just, it was like you're you're coming out whether you like it or not, because I need to be lighter today. Like That's how good it was. man. <laughs> How's that for comedy? Everybody. I love it, man, because it's true. The Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I'm still losing it. I don't. I don't even know if I could continue, man. That was just a quick <laughs> sidetrack to get you guys laughing, man. The Dallas Cowboys. Here's the thing, man. I, you know, after seeing this game, I mean, we know they're dealing with a bunch of shit. We get it. Injuries are piling up. You know, are they for real? Because what I witnessed against the Washington Football Team, I saw a team that came out the gates on fire, and and they were like legit ready to step on the Washington Football Team's throat. And then, you know, Heineke goes down with an injury. Allen comes in as a backup and they start letting him back in this game. Dak makes a couple really poor decisions. That one interception, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. They let him back in the game. And I get it. Washington is playing a lot of good football. Zeke and Pollard hurting. Pollard didn't play. Zeke's knee is really banged up. He doesn't look anything like himself right now. And the defense literally won this game for them. Yeah, I mean... And it's interesting, like you said, Washington's been playing some very good football and they've been doing it without, you know, arguably their their two best defensive players. So, you know, where Dallas was on fire in the first half, it's pretty much like they just kind of just took the foot off the gas, was on cruise control for the second half, except even the cruise control wasn't really working out because, like you said, <laughs> they were relying on their defense the entire time. I mean, Micah Parsons was oh. just I mean, he pretty much he should have had an interception. There was that there was that pass that he dropped that it was right in his hands, mm-hmm. but he had himself the two sacks. And the defense has been playing super, super well. Um, I will say this as great as Trayvon Diggs has been playing this year. Oh, baby, Cam Sims. What a catch <laughs> well, against Diggs. I mean, that I mean, you, you want to talk about the definition of being mossed. Oh, that mossed. was it right there. 110%. That was the, that's going to be a category catch for the year. Like that's how good that was. I I can't believe they even tried to take that away from him even though his shin was down first. Well, I was going to say he got he got one foot in and then so I saw I saw the elbow or like or the mm. the elbow and the hip were right there and so that's what I saw go down second. I was like, he's in. Yeah, when I saw that shin because the shin acts as two knees too, right? So or a knee, but yep. unreal catch for sure and I mean the defense so opportunistic. This is kind of the difference that we're seeing. It's like kind of like the Cardinals. You know, they're not fully set on having a great defense. I don't even think the Cowboys are a great defense overall because we've seen them get exploited. The LA or the Las Vegas Raiders, they exploited them on Thanksgiving. So it's like they have these lapses. But they have these unbelievable talents. Now with Lawrence back, Parsons is just running free, man. Like nobody can guard this guy because now Lawrence is taking up some attention. And then you got Diggs on the other side. He's just playing lights out. But Parsons, good Lord almighty. He's just he's on another planet right now. And I think the the difference between the Cowboys and uh, the Cardinals is that the Cowboys have a couple of great defensive players. But as a whole, as a whole defensive unit, I just don't think that they're 
they're there to compete with the top teams in the NFC, where I think the Cardinals do have enough talent, you know, top to bottom to really, you know, put things together. But the interesting thing, and we're going to have to see how the rest of the season plays out. But if the playoffs started this week, the Cowboys would play the Rams in oh. the in the first round. Oh, baby. Oh, but uh, you know, and I, I'd, I'd be, and that's, that, I think, I think that's a first round exit for Dallas. I, that I'm just going to say, I'd be inclined to take the Rams there. I said hundred percent. I think you're absolutely on par, on par there. What about if it's Dallas versus the Cardinals? I, I take, I take the Cardinals. I don't think Dallas can contain Kyler Murray. Wow. Wow, man. This is, I love football, man. This is getting some exciting. My juices are pumping. Things need to be changed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Hey, <sighs> I think the only team right now that's in the top seven in the NFC that Dallas could beat right now would be the 49ers and the Washington football team. And even they, they struggled, you know, with the football team. So I think that's really it. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. I think a lot of that goes to Dak. Dak really has to elevate his game without Zeke in a run game. I think this is a really telling sign and I'm a Dak fan. I'm not a Dak hater by any stretch. I think he's a really good quarterback. It's just now you're seeing what he cannot do when he doesn't necessarily have the effect of a good run game. And okay. Mm -hmm. Everyone's coming, man. We saw all these Twitter guys, these Twitter warriors talking uh, Tony Pollard better than Zeke. Come on guys. You know, smarten up. Zeke is still tenfold better than Paul. Let's not kid ourselves, but he's playing hurt, man. That knee is not correct. It's not right. He's like half speed of what he normally is age coming into respect as well. I mean, he's not Ohio state fast Zeke anymore, but I mean, Tony Pollard is your change of pace back. He's like your Madison to your cook. Like that's just how it is with Tony Pollard and Zeke. But I really do wonder, and I'm starting to question, even with the trio of wide receivers they have, if Dak really doesn't step up to the plate and and lead the team on his back, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers type, Tom Brady type, I mean, Russell Wilson type. I mean, Dak, really, you got to really step it up, man. I, I completely agree. And it's, I mean, he signed that big contract, you know, after that, after that injury that he had to his legs. So... I mean, you got to back it up. You're making all that money. You've got to perform, you know, like that multi, multi-million dollar contract. That's it, man. Criticism is high on top end players. And I feel it today more than ever because my Buffalo Bills, I had to do. I didn't start the show out of respect with my Bills. See, I'm trying to be nice, but I got to talk about my damn team because Christ, man, I think I lost seriously like five years of my life on Sunday after watching that game. The first half, I was like, you know what? We suck. You know, we can't do anything. I hate this team. Blow it up. I really wasn't, but I was, <laughs> I was, I was screaming at my TV. I was so angry. But then the second half came, and this was the first time all season, Chris, that I have seen the Bills adjust the way that they did when they were kind of struggling. They were a completely different team in that second half. They were efficient. They didn't run the freaking ball. Remember what I said last week? Don't even run anymore. They didn't run in that second half at all. It was like Josh Allen finished like 54 throws, had the comeback on the way. But you know where I'm going with this. I know you know yeah. where I'm going with this. Yeah. Referees. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to rant on you? I don't think you do because it, when I, this is going to be three weeks in a row I'm ranting. I don't think I can take it anymore, Chris. I, I really don't. These refs, man, you're killing me because you know what? Uh, here's the thing. I get it's Tom Brady's house, okay? It's Tom's house. Fine, you're going to get some calls go your way. You got to call some shit for us, man. We were driving, had all the momentum. You go and hold digs. Like, like he was being like 
murdered on the goal line. And you don't call a defensive pass interference because what? There was 28 seconds left and not enough time for Tommy touchdown to make a comeback. I mean, and, and when you're looking at that replay, you could see, like, you literally could see Diggs' jersey being pulled. Like, you, you, it's, it was clear. Like, yes, that absolutely 100% should have been called. And I, gar- I don't want to say guarantee you, but I bet you if it was a quarterback not named Brady, Rogers, Mahomes, that would have been called. Absolutely. 110% you're on par. If that was reversed and the Buccaneers were driving to win the game like the Bills were, that would have been a call for Tom Brady. 110%. You mean like the NFC Championship against uh, Green Bay last year? Exactly. 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 And he's high-fiving the referees. Tom's all happy because he's paying off the refs for what they're supposed to be doing. But even you go back, okay, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm venting again, and I don't like this because my heart really hurts, man. Like, something something got dislodged. It hurts. But, but I mean, Mike Evans. You saw the Mike Evans penalty. It was a defensive pass yeah. interference. Mike Evans headlocked our fucking defensive back, man. Like, what are you supposed to do? He's playing WWE, and we get the call. Yeah, again, I mean, and, and we've seen it, you know, for years and years. It's the same thing when Brady was in New England. Like, the number of calls that that Brady has gotten throughout his career, I mean, it's it's very similar to again Aaron Rodgers. Go back to Peyton Manning, like mm. the same thing. Like they all got the calls because they are the not only the face of their franchise, but they're kind of the face of the league for the most part. You know, Mahomes is now starting to get those calls, so it's it's the NFL protecting their guys. Unfortunately, I, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit because you know why? How dare you have the media talk for the next two weeks, how the Buffalo bills made a historic comeback in Tampa Bay on the road, Josh Allen with a limpy foot, broken foot, uh, turf toe, whatever you want to call it. And he leads the Buffalo bills after being down 17 points in the fourth quarter, beating Tom Brady with 28 seconds left and nothing he could do about it. They don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about that, Chris. No, of course they don't want to talk about it because they it's, should, not sexy, though. it's not it's not a sexy headline for them. It's oh. you know, it's, it's we need to talk about Tom, 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 and and that's that. Did you just say you know Buffalo's not sexy to talk about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill's mafia, man. You hear this? You hear this? This Patriot fan just called you out, oh. man. I'm about to get thrown through a table. <laughs> and if we live together, I would or the side by side, I'd throw you through a table, man. If we were in the same city, I swear to God. Oh, it's frustrating, buddy. But I mean, your Patriots, they get the Colts this week. We were talking before the show. I mean, the fear, I'm, I'm, the fear is real. I'm nervous. Yeah. I mean, I, because you know why? Because we're going up against my favorite player in the entire NFL, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I mean, the Patriots run defense isn't very good to begin with, but we all know that the Patriots and Belichick's MO is to pretty much hone in on the opposing team's top player and do whatever they can to slow that player down. They're not going to stop and completely shut down Jonathan Taylor. I don't think that's possible to be honest with you. I mean, Mm. Tampa Bay has a great run defense, one of the best in the league, and he still had what 85 rushing yards against them. So I think that if you can contain Taylor, you know, to the best of your ability, make Carson Wentz beat you because the Patriots secondary, I think is good enough to, to, to handle, you know, one-on-one coverage. I mean, hell, we might just see a whole bunch of zero blitzes for most of the game and just get after Wentz. Um, I do think you're going to see Jonathan Taylor involved a lot more as a receiver to try to spread things out a little bit more, create a little bit more space uh, because otherwise you're going to see eight men in the box all game long. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I'm right there with that because 
you're going to have to create something because uh, Pittman, it, okay, he can do some damage, but outside of that, really, you're going to have to get lucky with Doolin, with Hilton, with uh, maybe Jack Doyle gets another big role in this one. I, they got to find somebody else to bring a little bit more heat on that secondary because I agree with you. I think Bill Belichick, you know his MO. You know what? I remember when it was uh, New England versus uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they had Lev, they had uh, AB, and they had uh, who else they have there? They had someone else that was a problem. Manny Sanders, maybe. Um, But they had always somebody there where they said, you know what? Lev and AB are their two top players. Oh, it was uh, um, uh, Bryant. What the hell is his first name? Martavius Bryant. He, oh, Martavius, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you know, they had, like, it was E-Man, it was Bryant, and then, but A.B. and, and Lev were, were always the constants on that Pittsburgh team where Belichick, whenever he played them. And I always focused on this comment because I really wanted to understand how he coached his defense to play this team because they were lights out back then. And he says, you can't take away everything, but we focus on one thing. And it was always Lev. It was like, take away Lev. Lev is the guy. You got to take him away. If AB beats us, then he beats us. But we're going to we're gonna try to have some double coverage. We're going to mix and match with safeties, you know, maybe even pull some zones to his side to kind of give the impression of double coverage. But his MO was always, we got to stop Lev. Because Lev in the PPR game, Lev uh, like over the middle, Lev from the backfield, outside runs, inside. Like, he would just murder your Patriots. And, and he was like, no, I'm not doing this. So I kind of think he's going to take a page out of that. And it kind of goes to his benefit because they don't have a super talented wide receiver outside of Pittman that can help the cause and, and move this ball. I, no, I completely agree. And it's kind of the same thing, you know, um, when the Patriots beat the Chiefs in the AFC championship game, you know, it was okay. Well, what are we going to do? You know, they have, you know, Kelsey, they have Tyree Kill. Like, which one are we going to try to focus on to shut down? And, and it is, you kind of have to pick your poison and then just hope that your scheme and your, your, your players are good enough to, you know, again, not shut down the, you know, the opposing player, but to just limit their, their opportunities. So they don't beat you on that big play, you know, kind of have that bend, but don't break mentality. Yeah. Even if I'm the Colts, I still run JT like 30 times in this game. Oh, are you kidding me? He, yeah. He's going to finish like 35 touches. Yeah. Unreal, man. You see that stat that I dropped in the, in our, in our group message, it was JT and Vontae, man. So uh, mm. both leading the league right now, if you guys don't know, in broken tackles for yards after contact. And I think JT has 54, Vontae has 52, and it's uh, JT 202 carries or something stupid, and Vontae's like on 139. How ridiculous is Vontae right now? Javante Williams, you guys, you guys know he was our number one here um, on Straight Chubb and Headliner U. Uh, yeah, and what's even, I, I think personally, just you know, even crazier to think about what what Vontae's doing, you know, with these these broken tackles and whatnot is the fact that he's not even like seeing the same number of, of snaps that Taylor mm. is, you know, on the season, you know, but he's been splitting carries with and touches with, uh, with Melvin Gordon, you know, minus a couple of weeks ago when, when Gordon was out, but that's what I love the most is that Vontae has been so efficient with these touches. I mean, he's only playing 50% of the snaps and Taylor's seeing like 65 to 70% of the snaps. So I, if and when this, you know, the backfield becomes just Javante's, watch the F out because poop's about to go down. Poop is about to go down, man. Because it's going to be like Chouse before a high school basketball game. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. It was, it was football for me, though. 
It's gonna be it Charles before a sporting event Football. or a podcast, whatever. Or po- yeah, whatever or a podcast. I got yeah, the ritual's still alive when I when I do a pod. I gotta feel lighter. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's insane. And I mean, you get Denver a quarterback who can actually throw the ball. No disrespect, Teddy. I like your game. Not so much, but I mean, I like you as a guy, but your game really sucks, man. It's too hard to watch for me anymore. You need a legit quarterback. We know Teddy. I'm not trying to disrespect Teddy. Okay, he's like the Alex Smith. He's the game manager, and that's all he's going to do, and that's fine. I mean, if you have a team that can move the ball like that, fine. I don't don't even know if you should disrespect Alex Smith like that. Ouch! Oh, man, shots fired. I'm going to get shot somehow by Teddy here. But, I mean, it's true. And, and once they get a quarterback, they have a wide receiver core that can definitely move the ball. Watch out. Man. And they, they, need, they need to upgrade that offensive line. That offensive line is just horrendous. 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 But Vontae, he is big time playing. But, dude, there were some guys this week that just blew up, man. And it's take notice for this guy because, you know, fantasy playoffs, he could could be – one of these sneaky guys who is super fresh, Chris. He is ready to go. He's a risky player. Do you know who I'm talking about? You see kind of furrowing your brow over there. No, because, I mean, well, hell, in week 15, there are a lot of risky players. So <laughs> yes, pick your are. poison. Rashad Penny, man, he goes off the chain last week. He goes 14, 137, two touchdowns. Seattle says, and I quote, it is time for him to see the lead back touches, Chris. I mean, okay, we oh. know the injuries. Don't scoff just yet. I'm, I'm trying to sell you on the man. I like Penny. I do. He's a big bodied back. He's fast. Mm-hmm. He's just not. He's just not durable. He's he's a band aid. We know this. He gets injured when, yeah. you, when you sneeze on him. But I mean, fourteen for one thirty seven. That that turns my head to be like, hey, I see you just a little bit over there. All right. So Pete Carroll said this, and <laughs> Pete Carroll is also the same gentleman who two weeks ago said that Adrian Peterson was going to be a key part of their playoff run. So I don't believe a darn word that comes out of that man's mouth, uh, nor would I probably <laughs> trust Penny against against the Rams this week. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm out. You're out. OK, I'm out. out. I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying to give Sorry. you guys something to look forward to. But this is the same guy that said, you know, he wouldn't take Sony Michelle. And I started him. So, That's hey, true. pick your poison. <laughs> This is like this is this is this 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 is like the the Jimmy Graham breakout game all over again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that one hurt me. That's great one. I love it. You're shooting back shots at me. Good God, I can't believe I said Jimmy Graham too. I said that last year too, didn't I? You did. Christ, you're gonna say next year, even if he retires too. I must have been smoking something before that show because that was I don't even know. It's gonna be like week six next season, and you're gonna be like, "This is Jimmy Graham week." (laughs) This is Jimmy Graham week, man, because I feel it. I feel it in my gut. Dalvin Mother Effin Cook, he puts on a Mm. show on Thursday Night Football. Chris, twenty-seven, two hundred five, two touchdowns, killed a lot of us fantasy players. Hurt me in one league because. I was banking on on Madison having that day, and I needed him to have that day. Did not happen. You know, uh, Cook comes out with a shoulder injury, clavicle, wearing the brace, and whatever. I was joking with you guys. Whatever they shot him up in that arm, his legs were just – he was running faster than anybody on that field. No, whatever whatever the, the, the physicians gave him, the trainers gave him before that game, I want some of that so I can just run through walls because mm-hmm. there's no way – I expected him to not only get a full workload like that, but to be as efficient and just as dominant as he was coming back just two weeks after that injury. I didn't expect him to play, of course. And so, you know, people are asking for advice and 
you know, once that once I hear, you know, Dalvin Cook is being a game time decision, he's expected to play. And then I heard that he was supposed to get his regular workload. And I was like, okay, that's a lie. And it was not. <laughs> See, man, the B. Carroll's not lying either, man. Penny's going to be the guy. <laughs> that's how these Penny, coaches Penny's are Penny's going to get 25 us. touches. 25 touches for 250 career high for Rashad Penny this week. But good God, I mean, I was with you. How could, you know, luckily enough, I, I ended up benching Madison. I needed the carries. I needed the touches. But man, did it hurt because you saw how productive Dalvin was. And okay, fine. Are we saying Madison was going to get to a 205 off 27? No, no. But it would have been a nice 135 likely on 19 and likely a touchdown score. I, I will say this um, in uh, in my initial rankings when I had before the Dalvin Cook news came out about him actually playing, I did have Alexander Madison as like my RB three. So I wasn't wrong that a Vikings running back was going to finish top three that week. I just was wrong about which one it was. You're off the hook, man, because I'm with you. The minute they said game time decision, I'm thinking, you know what I'm thinking? Even with the brace on, I'm thinking one shot to that shoulder. You know the defense and JJ or TJ Watt were coming after it. Mm. And the one blow to that shoulder was going to send them packing. He didn't even let them touch him. That was the difference. He was just outrunning everybody on that field, and he looked he looked lights out good. Unbelievable. No, he 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 looked absolutely phenomenal, and the, the numbers back it up. So, Dalvin, just you keep keep doing you, keep doing you, keep doing you, because you're gonna likely get injured in week 16 and kill somebody on their fantasy matchup because that's what Dalvin does. George Kittle, he has a monster day. He looks like he's back, but then he gets hobbled again during the game. He was limping around. But I mean, damn, man, what a game that was. The the 49ers and the Bengals goes to overtime. Bengals come back to make it, to force it to overtime. Uh, Frisco comes back. Brandon Ayuk, he finds the end zone on this weird uh, dolphin dive. You see that? Like he kind of <laughs> he stretched out. You didn't see the dive, man. It was just so weird. It wasn't like your traditional Wait, dive. This is Kittle? No, this was uh, Ayuk in overtime. I did not see that. Oh, man, go go watch that. I saw, I saw, the, I saw the great, uh, you know, lay out by by Kittle at the sideline but yeah 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 no <laughs> go watch the highlight it was a weird dive but I mean Kittle 13 for 151 one touchdown I mean this is what we expected from George the entire season I mean is he ramping up to be this trusted source on this type of level maybe not 151 but you're talking eight and a hundred for the next three weeks I mean I I don't see why not I mean you know since he's come back from that injury He's been the, the the tight end one, you know, I mean, and it's not even close like Andrews and, and Gronk are, are behind them by like 20 points. Like Kittle has just been absolutely phenomenal, uh, you know, since coming back. So for me, yeah, I, mean, I think Kittle is definitely someone that you could probably bank on him getting you 18 to 20 points per game. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, the injury, just watch out for that. I know he was hobbled just a little bit, but he should be good to go. Hunter Renfro, the new West Welker. I'm, I'm pegging it, man. I can't hold it in anymore. He is my new West Welker, and I, I think he's that damn good. I think he's going to continue to progress. 13 for 117 and one touchdown. I completely understand that game was out of hand. A lot of it was garbage time points, but he can be a trusted commodity wide receiver too now. Oh, hands down. Absolutely. I mean, is he going to, you know, continue to to put up that kind of those kind of numbers? No, but the last three weeks, 18, 15 and 22 have PPR points. I mean, that's it, it's something that you didn't really expect from from Renfro. You knew that he was going to be a PPR monster. He was going to get the targets, but he's getting it done with, you know, the yardage and 
those last three performances, that's good enough for number four on the fantasy list right now for wide receivers. You know, how can you hate it? And it's like, that's why I'm saying Wes Welker, because he was like that. Wes gave you the PPR upside every single week, and he gave you the yardage two out of three weeks. Like, that's what Wes Welker was. Oh, and then he would give you a touchdown every now and then. Yeah. The difference is when you're talking, because I had uh, I had Renfro kind of pegged as a Cole Beasley type. And Beasley is one of these guys that disappears more often than he doesn't now. And, and, and we even saw it in Dallas. He disappeared, had a great game, disappeared, disappeared, had a great game. Renfro is starting to put it together where, I don't know, man. I think the coaching staff without John Gruden, they understand that this guy now, even without Henry Ruggs, you don't have the deep threat anymore. Yeah, okay, you got Deshaun, but he's not the same. They figure this out a little bit. It's kind of work it over the middle, work it over the middle, find ways. He's a supreme route runner, Renfro is. And you just, you can't guard the man. He's like Cooper Cup light in some respects in that degree as well. So I I like the projection going forward, man. As long as they continue to move this offense the way they should, I like Renfro a lot. Yeah, and I mean, the fact that he's going to get you, you know, let's say seven receptions for 50 yards, he doesn't have to score a touchdown to be able for you to just plug him into your lineup and get you a solid 12 to 15 points. Like he doesn't need to get that touchdown because he's going to get it for you with those receptions and the yardage. Absolutely. And then when he hits that touchdown, I mean, what, 19 points puts you over the top, baby. I love it. Injuries, Chris. We got a slew. We got a slew of them. James Conner, he injures his ankle, unknown time. MRI, Edmonds should be back this week. I mean, this is a big headache because Conner has been balling. I mean, he's been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, again, not just as, as a runner, but he's been phenomenal and in the receiving game too. You know, goal line touches, it's going to be him, you know, unless Kyler decides to snipe one. Um, but, and, and I know that Edmonds wasn't activated. So like you said, he should be back, you know, this week. But, you know, if Connor can't go, I mean, Edmonds is definitely someone that you're going to want to be firing up because, I mean, outside of outside of that, they don't really have very much. I mean, the next guy up, who knows? Eno Benjamin. No bueno. Like like I said, they don't have much. (laughs) (laughs) No bueno. D-Hop, he's got a leg unknown time. He's going for an MRI, too. He looked like he got banged up a bit. I mean, he was playing hurt with that hammy anyway. This is not good, man. I mean, AJ Green looked good last night, but I mean, come on, without D Hop, this team really could struggle down the stretch. Do you think that do you think it's injuries that have kind of been, you know, hindering D Hop a little bit? Or do you think he's do you think it's just it's you know he's getting not that he's getting up there in age, but do you think he's kind of lost a step? It's funny you say that because I said that to a buddy last night because when he didn't come down with that uh, double coverage mm-hmm. play in the end zone, I'm like D Hop's lost a step, and I was being facetious, I was joking, but part of me it was just subconscious. It came out. It's like we we expect D Hop to make those plays, and he didn't make it last. He made it against my team because hey, everyone makes it against my team. Why not just do it again? But hey, against the Rams, you drop it, D Hop. So uh, sorry for your luck, you bastard. There just there there have been a few times this year where I've just I've watched it and I'm like, he he would have caught that last year. Like he would have made that play. And this year he's just he's not making the plays that we're so accustomed to seeing. And maybe it's just because we've been so spoiled over the years. But it's just it hasn't happened. I wouldn't put it anything aside from the fact that he is getting older. Injuries are starting to happen to him. Maybe he's losing a little bit of confidence, but. Hey, it's still, you know what? Injury plague seasons will do that. You're just not not what you used to be in some respects, and then they bounce back the following year. So if, mm-hmm. if you know, his his ADP can drop for, what, the third round next year? I'm, I'll take him. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be pretty much talking him down to all my friends next I'm, season. I'm already, so I'm already doing that, D-Hop guys. He's sucks. he's washed. Just don't don't worry washed. about it. Okay? Yeah, he's he's terrible, man. He's AJ always- Green is the one you really want to target. <laughs> he's the new bread in this offense, man. Josh Allen with the foot mild turf toe day to day. He's out of the walking boot. Apparently, you you showed us a picture of him at a movie theater or something, and I don't think it's Josh, man. <laughs> no, I got I got I got bamboozled by bamboozled. by a a DFS guy on Twitter who said that he was at a concert or a, or a play or something. And it, I, I'm a, according to, to Jake and Chouse, it was not Josh Allen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not buddies with him, even though I wish he was my best friend. Cause Josh, I love you, man. I love you can't you, just like text him and be like, Hey, is that you at that, yeah. at that play? <laughs> hey man, did you go to the play tonight? Cause you know, you look a little different, but Hey, you're, you're without the walking boot. That's what we're concerned about. Turf toe, though, this is a mild turf toe. I mean, the Bills got to run the table, man. If they don't have Josh Allen, Mitchie Biscuits ain't going to get us no place close to the playoffs. So, Josh, you're one, without, without that toe, man, you better be playing, bro. First off, I'm, I love that you that you called him Mitchie Biscuits. Of course. Uh, no, number two, I mean, I don't even with the turf toe, I don't think that it doesn't concern me as much. Um Yes, Josh Allen is your your QB one and your RB one, but I do think that you know he can he can do without running as much as he has been you know for a few weeks until you know until that toe heals up a little bit. I agree, and I think like I said, fifty four passes last week. You can easily just let Josh sit back there and sling the ball because hey, that's all we have on offense. Lamar Jackson. It'll be it'll be like the twenty twenty playoffs all over again. Basically, yeah. I just hope we win this time. God damn, my life really hurts right now. Lamar Jackson, he's hurting, man. His ankle, uh, good news for the Ravens. It is not a high ankle sprain, which likely would have kept him out four to six. Uh, mild, uh, low ankle. I mean, I, I really struggle to believe he's going to play this week. I mean, I don't know. I mean, especially for somebody who does rely on his legs as much as he does. Yes, he's been a much better passer. But Tyler Huntley didn't look bad in replacement, you know, so I think that the Ravens should feel confident, you know, rolling out Huntley, letting Lamar become healthy. The one thing that's going to be iffy, though, is that with that loss to Cleveland, I mean, there's only one game that separates them right now in that AFC North. So this division is becoming much closer than people thought, especially Browns fans who I know talking to a couple of my buddies who who are Browns fans. I mean, their pants were turning brown, you know, after the last (laughs) few weeks. So. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they rushed Lamar back sooner than they probably should just because of how close this division is starting to get at the top. So you can tell your friends, you know, next time have a pregame dump and you won't have brown in your pants, man. Like, or just buy diapers like the rest of us. God, buy diapers and wipes and then just take a pregame dump, man. You'll feel better. Trust me. But I mean, Green Bay this week, dude, I mean, this is this is a must win situation for Baltimore, much like it is for the Bills. And and I mean, they're going to have to, like, shoot whatever they shot up into Dalvin, put that into Lamar, because, I mean, seriously, they need him desperately. Uh, the Ravens haven't looked as good since Lamar really was uh, what uh, the question mark with the illness, whatever stomach illness he had or whatever he had a few That's weeks right, back. Yeah. He hasn't looked the same. So, I mean. It's a very interesting situation. I really, I'll be shocked if he plays from the player health standpoint, not shocked because they need the game and, and they're going to, like you said, force him on the field to try to play. And that's the thing, like the, the rationale, you know, says start Huntley, but like you said, 
this is a must-win situation for them. And against the Packers, I don't think Huntley is obviously going to be able to get it done against this kind of a defense. They need Lamar, even if it's like a 80% Lamar. But I know knowing football teams and how they manage their players, I would not be surprised to see him out, you know, this week. And unfortunately, he very well could re-aggravate that injury. Yeah, I agreed, man. It's gonna do more damage. Logan Thomas, speaking of damage, we finally have confirmation. He has torn his ACL, the poor guy. Um, I don't know why it took them a week to figure this out, but uh, we the MRI, I guess they had it wrapped around some other ligament. They couldn't find it. I have no idea, man. I'm not a doctor, but he's gone now. Poor Logan. Now he's got to have likely start on the pup next year. I wonder how his career is going to continue on. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know. It sucks because he is such a, a target monster. Like when he's out there, he's one of the one of the more consistent producing tight ends. You know, at least you know he's he's gonna get that target share. Um, but the poor guy has just been dealing with injuries, you know, for a while now. And you know, who knows if, if he does come back next season, halfway through the year, you know, what's that gonna look like? Who's their quarterback gonna be? Who's actually gonna be throwing him the ball? Who knows? It's going to be another Jordan Reed. I feel it. I feel bad for him. I'm fearing for him. Uh, Austin Eckler, he has an ankle. He was he was banged up last week, man. Yeah. Concussed ankle. I think he even saw a couple of rib shots. Like he was taking some damage on Thursday night football with an ankle. And I don't know if he's in concussion protocol. I don't think he is. I think it's just the ankle. But I mean, Thursday night versus the Chiefs, man. They need Austin. Yeah, I mean, from what I I read, so both Mike Williams and Eckler, they were both limited in, in practice today. Um, but it looks like from what I'm I'm seeing is at least um Williams and Allen will both play, you know, against against the Chiefs, you know, where Keenan Allen was was on the COVID list. Eckler, though, with as much as he went through this past week, I think it might be a stretch for him to get ready for Thursday night. It's truth, man. He you know? he he took a beating like I haven't seen for a running back uh, for quite some time this past week. And I mean, he's a baller, man. He's one of the favorites for fantasy. He loves producing for your fantasy club. So, I mean, this is a big, big contest. I got to cheer for the Chiefs because I need the Chargers to lose to give my bills a little bit of help. So, Austin, if you sit, man, I won't, you know, hate you for it, bro. You know what? Just rest, rest up and come back in week 16. <laughs> come back in week 16. You're good. DJ Moore hamstring day to day. I mean, is it is it really anything outside of fantasy football? Because Cam Newton and then PJ Walker, this uh, double threat effect from the quarterback position. Chris, what is Matt Rule doing? He fires Joe Brady and it seems like he's lost his mind. He, he decides to go with rotational quarterbacks. Rotational quarterbacks and then just the inconsistency between the two. I mean, I feel I feel awful for for DJ Moore because I mean the man has so much talent. Get him a damn quarterback. Mm. Like get him a get him a good quarterback. Like I don't I don't want to see Cam out there. I don't want to see PJ Walker. I mean I I got a little bit uh, jaded, you know, last season in that one that one game that PJ Walker had, and he was just peppering DJ Moore with targets. And this this year, it's just you know, oh well, we're gonna bench Cam because he threw an interception. We're gonna bring in PJ Walker. Oh yeah, and he's also gonna throw an interception. So yeah, yeah, f my life, f my life. And you hurt DJ more with a hamstring because he's extending for your passes that are so off target. Uh, if DJ Moore sat this week too, I wouldn't be uh, you know crying because they play the Buffalo Bills. So I would be crying because I own him in 
both of my dynasty leagues and one redraft. I need him for these playoffs here. I hear you, man. I got him too, and I need him as well. But he's playing the Bills, and I'm being biased. Homer Bills fan this week. Go to hell, everybody. I don't care. I need a win, and I need a win badly. You know who else I need who um, is not going to be playing this week? Is Mr. Kareem Hunt. Oh, yes. That one hurt, man. I but I, I but I will say this. For anyone that's out there, I don't think he's on. He might be on, on your waivers right now. But if Dearness Johnson is available, mm. snag him up because this dude is a baller. Like, I, and not to take anything away from Nick Chubb because Nick Chubb is top five running back in the league as far as I'm concerned. But if Dearness Johnson got RB1 touches, he would be a top 15 running back in the league. It's hard to argue, man. He's got the skill set. He's got the juice and the ability. He's got, he's got, he's got the, he's got the juice. He has the agility. I mean, he doesn't get involved in the passing game enough. Like I'd love, I to still see think him, he, you know, I still think he can do it though. I don't think, I think he can. I'd, right. I'd love for him to get that opportunity, but just watching him run is so much fun. It is. He, he a very fluid runner. He's got good vision. Patience is like, he is a good running back. He slid under a lot of people's radars and I mean, so this is an interesting dynamic now because you know they they paid Chubb. They're, they don't want to pay Kareem Hunt, man, especially with the, the decision of Baker. I mean, Kareem could find himself on the street again, and I'm okay with that because I would take him uh, gladly on my team because uh, we, need, we need a running back. But <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Hunt signed a two-year two year extension? Two-year extension. So, I mean, you could float Hunt out there, get a draft pick in return, and just have, you know, have Chubb and Johnson as your, your one-two punch. And yeah, Johnson, you know, may not give you that, that receiving upside that, that Hunt does, but it gives you a damn good RB2 behind Chubb. 100%. And I mean, Chubb and Johnson, I know they can catch. I'm not, again, I don't, I, I don't even think Chubb is a detriment in the past game. So for me, I think all the bonus money for Hunt, I'd have to double check the contract. But I mean, I think all the bonus money was front loaded for this season. So if he's mm-hmm. cut even this offseason, June 1st, I believe uh, they're going to eat basically no debt on his contract and, and, and I, that free. I do want to just put that out there, you know, like where Hunt has that receiving, you know, that upside. Um, you know, the New England Patriots, they lost Rex Burkhead, you know, who was their receiving back. James White was out with that injury. You know, I think that Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson would gladly love to have Kareem Hunt in the in that stable for running backs is like a one, two, three, just knockout blow. See you later. Night, night. Uh, we we can't discuss your Patriots anymore. We can't. You're you're leading. Kareem, so Kareem Hunt, so out. Jameson out. Crowder, and a legit number one alpha receiver. Yeah, Just let, let's let's go. You watch, man. Come draft time, Chris is going to want to trail on Burks from Arkansas, and he's going to say wide receiver one trail on because he's he's a beast. And and I and, that, I, and I, that's I, when that's when Chouse quits football. I do. I, <laughs> I stopped doing all football because I don't like it. No, I don't like this Kareem Hunt to New England. Get out of here, man. You have enough. You it's have, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Don't even a, just corrupt, a boy can dream. Corrupt people's minds with this, you know, thoughts of Kareem Hunt on this backfield that's already stacked. Like, you don't Gosh, even you know how, need anything. You know how much that would kill? That would absolutely destroy any fantasy value he ever had. <laughs> it would kill it all, man. But let's debate. Let's have a little fun. It's 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 week what 15 fantasy football playoffs. Good luck to everybody. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys do very well. We've seen a lot of good chatter from all headliner nation who says, you know, we're in the playoffs. Big records. Congratulations. Hope we helped. I mean, in some capacity, I know Jake and Kyle do their thing on the YouTube channel. They give you guys a hell of a ton of advice, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. 
But Chris, let's play the 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 game of of wills here because I, I I like doing this around this time because we still have four weeks left in the season, lots of football still to be played. But as of today, not historic fact, as of today from this season, okay. who who is the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Right now, as of today. We're talking about just for this season, not historically, like up until this point. Yeah, no Tom Brady, you know, artifacts of 20 years. As of today, who is the best quarterback? I, uh, oh God. I mean, it's tough because there are a few names that are just going through my head right now that I want to, I want to put out there. Um, If I had to pick one quarterback on my team, um, I'm going Josh Allen. Ooh, this season. I'm okay. So here, maybe I'll clarify. It's not to rebuild. It's it's. Let's just say who's the best quarterback so far. And if it's Allen, that's great. Uh, we're, we're oh no, it's Tom Brady. What are you talking about? Tom Brady has been the best quarterback this season. No, he has not. Man. Yes, he has. Uh, I can't do this show anymore with this guy. I gotta. I gotta leave. I gotta send in my two weeks notice. God damn it, man. Tom Brady. You know what? Tom Brady has been the best quarterback in the NFL this season. No, I don't like it. You know why? Because even Rashad Perryman took a five-yard pass from him and ran in. That's not Tom Brady. Okay. Tom Brady has more (sighs) passing yards and passing touchdowns than any other quarterback in the league. Okay? I don't don't care. means nothing. What do you mean it means nothing? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I understand. And, he, and, he's, and he's top five in completion percentage. I understand. Oh, and he's 44 years old. He's had a great season, but I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron right now is the best quarterback in the NFL. As of today, if we're banking on who I want to carry me for these last four weeks and through the playoffs, I understand it's Tom Brady. I understand he mm-hmm. wins in the playoffs. I understand that Tom Brady is uh, animal uh, on a different level than everybody else with his avocado ice cream. But I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers right now, you know, last dance and all, he has taken this team with less and done more with it than any other quarterback. I don't think Tom Brady does that this year. That's why, you know, he's nice and warm in the in the Florida sun. He's got a bunch of weapons, like a bunch of Ferraris driving around. It's a little easier for Tom this year to put up a 50 touchdowns. Yes, but the fact that Tom has done it and done it recently within the last three yes, years, I know, without a superstar cast, I know, and still reach the mountaintop. Yes, I know the history of Tom. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to keep it up fine. You have your Tom Brady love. Best <laughs> best wide receiver in the NFL as of today. Um, oh God, it's a good one. There's a lot of good names. There is, but I I don't see how you pick anybody other than Devontae Adams. It's I mean, truth. that's just, you know, it's truth. But you know where I'm going right now? As of today, I'm going JJ. Where? I'm going JJ. I see. I JJ is like top three for me. He's I, I right. They, he's right there. He's so I close. I get it. And I mean, Devontae's a freak in himself. But I right now for me, it just this this ascension by JJ. It's to me. I don't even think he's peaked. I don't even think he's hit his ceiling. Why? While I kind of think that Devonte kind of has, and he's just consistently moving now at that same pace. I think JJ's ceiling just continues to grow from here. And it's with Kirk cousins. Like this is the magic that we're seeing with Kirk cousins. Give mm-hmm. JJ Aaron Rodgers. I think he puts up more numbers than Devonte does. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue with you there. And then, of course, you know, Cup is going to round out the top three there, I think. I think he has to. Yeah, he's but, in there right now. You know, but I think that that Adams JJ conversation, I mean, it's one A, one A. I mean, it's not like, man, we're, I, we're, I, we're splitting hairs. Yeah, but I mean, I, I wish I, I don't have any shares of JJ in any league. I think I may have him in one and it's just not enough. I got him in one and it's just, it hurts, man, that I only have one share of JJ and I loved him coming out of LSU. Mm hmm. Best running back in the NFL right now, Chris. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Thank Jonathan, you. Jonathan, I'm effer, my man crush Taylor. <laughs> Jonathan, mother effing Taylor is truth. The answer is correct. He is right now the best running back in the entire NFL. Best tight end in the NFL. If we're talking overall tight end, overall, George Kittle. Yeah, that's who I got to. I, I I had Kelsey for the last two years over George, um, but this year it just—I don't know if it's just you know what it is—is that we're we're sitting here talking about how the the Kansas City Chief offense continues to struggle. Yes, they're picking up the pace, but but Kelsey has been a non-factor over like the last six weeks, and it's almost like I'm feeling maybe the age is starting to creep. Maybe he's playing hurt. I don't know because if he is playing hurt, he's definitely keeping it under wraps. I mean, I love me some Kelsey, but. And the injuries, the only problem with Kittle, with Kittle, I mean, we're taking that out of the argument is the injuries, but as of oh, right yeah, now, yeah. he's he's just taking over games and he's just a different man right now. He is. And I mean, you look at what Kelsey's done this year and I mean, it's it's not Kelsey-esque. You know, he has one touchdown over his last eight games. Mm. He has, what, three games total with 100 or more uh, receiving yards. He doesn't have a single game this year with double-digit receptions. He doesn't have a game more with more than eight receptions. And that's not like Kelsey. Like Kelsey is somebody that can get you, you know, 10 catches for a buck 20 and a touchdown. And we're not seeing that Travis Kelsey this year. No, we're seeing more drops than ever. I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, he's statistically on par with his first season, I think, in the NFL. Yeah, so, so far, absolutely. Yeah, and that's not good, man. That is not good. But I mean, okay, awards. Award time is coming. We know this. Offensive Rookie of the Year, buddy. Who's winning the, the hardware? Who's taking it home? Offensive rookie? Offensive rookie. Uh, for me, Jamar Chase. I'm going Jalen Waddle. I'm going Waddle. I don't, I don't, I don't hate that at all, but Waddle I got like yeah. a penguin because, I mean, he's on pace to just smash that rookie record for receptions. And there's four weeks left. And, and you know, Chase kind of – I love me some Chase. Don't get me wrong. Chase is, is going to be in the conversation. He kind of fell asleep for a few weeks there where Waddle's kind of just, you know, continuously grown and grown and grown. Now he's a focal point of the offense. As of today, I got to go my man Waddle. I agree, you know, but I mean, I, I like it there for the receptions. But when you look at the yards and the touchdowns, Chase is just, I mean, just way ahead of him there. It's true. It's true. I can't hate it. Chase, either way, whoever wins, it's going to be a good one. Defensive rookie of the year. We know where this is going. Oh, my God. Maybe, maybe defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons. <laughs> it's very true. He could win both at this point. He's just killing it. I mean, who lets Dallas get CD Lamb at 17 and Parsons at what, 10? You guys must be out of your freaking minds, man, letting Dallas get these type of players. God. You know why they do it? Because they know that Jerry Jones is going to screw it up anyway down the road. <laughs> Well, man, you know what? They're, they're not winning right now. God damn it. Like these guys look uh, another level. Like, man, you guys are stupid in the NFL. Letting this happen, man. Lamb at 17 Parsons at 10 Parsons was a top three pick. You fools. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, you know why? Because the Cowboys were able to do that because the Raiders are freaking idiots. That's why. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> they always tend to screw things up. Well done, Raiders. Well done. Head coach of the year, buddy. Head coach of the year. Oh, that's a good one. I like this. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna go with where you think I'm gonna go, <laughs> even though he is. I am, I know, am shocked. The number one team in the AFC with a rookie quarterback and not a single number one wide receiver. Um, but it's a tough one. I know I, it's a tough one. It, it is, and I kind of. I'm going. I'm going in two different directions here. Um, I'm either going with our boy Cliff because I love what he's done in Arizona. Um, I also want to give it to LaFleur and what he's done in green Bay with, like you said, you know, Aaron Rodgers has done more with less and that means LaFleur has to do more with less, you know? Mm. So I think those are kind of my top two candidates right now. If I'm not going to be a homer and go with my boy Belichick, you know, it's funny that you bring up LaFleur because I had him too. And I was like, yeah, but you know, winning, winning, what winning does to your mind is that when you see them consistently, win, you think, oh, they're just, you know, they, they're already there and they're just going to, he's doing it, man. LaFleur is yeah. doing his damn thing in green Bay through all that controversy with Aaron Rodgers, not wanting to be there, wanting a trade, the COVID crap with his uh, immunization record and his toe. I mean, like, seriously, LaFleur has done a magnificent job in green Bay. What is he like 35 and nine since taking over the Packers? Like you, you can't make up that shit. Cliff, on the other hand, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think he's done a, a very good job. We've been great supporters of the man. And I mean, for Arizona, I think, you know what they deserve? You know what Arizona deserves? They need to make a new award. It's organization of the year. And I think that's they should have got that because of the span of the last three years since they got Kyler Murray. Two ha- or two years, whatever it is, three years, I think. But to have the, the balls to actually draft a quarterback named Rosen, give up on him the next year and draft Kyler yeah. Murray and redo this whole thing, become 10 and three and be a contender for a Super Bowl. That shit is organization of the year for me. But when we go to head coach, this might shock you a little bit, man. I, I'm going with your man, Bill. I, 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 I can't not. I mean, what he's done. What he is. See, and you guys think I'm a Bills homer. Shit, this wouldn't even come out of my mouth, man. I'm objective as hell. Bill Belichick, what he's done with this team and and seeing Tom Brady. This is the thing. These two guys, man, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, these two individuals, they feed off each other more than anybody, I think, ever in, in, in a sport. And even though they were the teammates or on the same team. Now that they're not, he sees Tom Brady win a Super Bowl. He's like, the hell with that shit. He's like, I'm not, I'm not sitting on the sidelines watching you win. He's like, I'm going to play you next year in this thing. And he goes and gets Mac Money Jones, where everybody criticized Mac Money. We didn't. We knew what Mac Except was. Except us. Except us. We knew what Mac was. Did I think that he should have gone where he, uh, ahead of all, like Trevor Lawrence? No. But we knew what Mac was going to do in this league early on. And Bill Belichick has, has brought everything out of it. He, but this is his, his genius, man. And I've said it more than once. He's so good at taking what he has on his rosters every single year and changing his plan, changing his scheme. One year we see double tight end sets. One year we see one wide receiver. One, and, and they air, air raid it out. Next year we see heavy run sets, double tight ends again. Like This is what Bill does well. And, and other coaches just seem not to understand, but... Believe it or not, I I'm going with Bill Belichick, and it hurts me to say it. I mean, 
that's that's exactly where I was going to go. I just didn't want to, you know, give the Homer response. So now that you have already said it, then <laughs> yes, that's absolutely my number one pick. Fair enough, man. MVP. Who is winning the MVP this year? Please don't. Oh, that's tough. Please don't. And I, I, I really want Cooper Cup to get it. I really do. I just know they're not going to give it to a receiver because it always goes to a freaking quarterback. Sure. You know, I mean, I honestly think that it should go to Cup or or Jonathan Taylor, but it's. I think it's it's going to go to Tom Brady. I'm Half, saying halfway <laughs> halfway through the season, I almost thought that Matthew Stafford was an absolute lock for it. Sure. Yep. But you know, over the last handful of weeks, I think Brady has kind of taken it over. You know what? I hate it because of what Tom Brady has around him. I think it just morphs all the statistics that much more. Yes, Tom Brady's great. I understand. Fuck. I'm not trying to argue that. I get it. He is the GOAT. I'm going to say it. It hurts to say. I think Jonathan Taylor, over the, if, if he continues to do this over the next four weeks, his his statistics, his what he's done to this team, most valuable player should be yes, yes. the most valuable player on the team. You remove that player from that team, how do they operate? Yes, I know you make the same argument for Tom Brady. You put Jameis Winston with the same wide receivers. We saw what that was. I got it, okay? We see Taysom Hill type of deal in in New Orleans. You put Taysom with uh, Thomas and Kamara, and they don't necessarily win a lot of games. I get it. But you remove Jonathan Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts, and I think they're a bottom feeder, man. I like legit, they're they're drafting top 10, maybe top seven. That's that's the thing. I think that you take Brady off of the Bucs, and you replace him with Jameis Winston, you replace him with a Taysom Hill or somebody, that's still a 500 or better team, in sure. my opinion, especially sure. with that defense. Sure. You take Jonathan Taylor off of the Indianapolis Colts and you leave them with Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines, that's a four-win team. Agreed. 110% with Carson Wentz. That's definitely a four- yep. or five-win team. We saw it in, in Philadelphia last year. That was mm-hmm. basically Carson Wentz, the Indianapolis Colts, with maybe – you know, Michael Pittman and a couple other D's de- and an offensive line. Let's give them credit where it's due, though. They have a great offensive line. Yeah. But yeah, five wins. The offensive line alone, I'll give them two wins for the offensive line because they're just that good. Five wins, six wins without JT, without question. And yeah. and if they, if, if JT, I'm telling you right now, if JT gets in these next four games anywhere over 400 yards rushing, five touchdowns, and they don't give this man the MVP, So, dude, let's let's look at so the rest of their schedule here. They got the Patriots, then they play Arizona, Raiders, Jaguars. Four hundred yards is not out of the question at not all. Not out of the question. You could see five fifty in that. Like this is this is a guy who's going to be close to eighteen hundred rushing yards and probably nineteen to twenty touchdowns. Like that's that's realistic for the rest of the season for him. Did LT, I can't remember, did LT win that MVP that year that he scored the record touchdowns? Do you remember? Tomlinson? Yeah. Remember when he broke the touchdown mark? Did he win MVP that year? God, now I got to look this up. I'll look it up for you. <sighs> yeah, you're quicker. Go ahead. Because I, I had a trivia question um, one, one time, and it was, you know, who was the only non-offensive skill position player to win the MVP Ooh, and, or the last question. one, it was Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor in 86. Lawrence Taylor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yes, 2007, Tomlinson won MVP. Okay, and so that's the standard that they set for running. Marshall Falk might have won one after that, no? That, that was the record-breaking season, 2007. And then the rest of them were, were quarterbacks, were they not, after that? 
You have the whole list Correct. or no? Uh, I got the list right here. Hold on. It's all quarterbacks yeah, because, after that? Well, because, and that's usually what the, I mean, hell, that's what the end uh, the. It is. I get it, but. You know, um, so after Tomlinson, the only other player non-quarterback to win MVP was AP in 2012. Okay. And the fact that they dogged Derrick Henry last year after breaking 2000, it's going to be tough for JT to win. And that sucks, man. So he's got to basically break LT's record of what, 26 touchdowns? Is that what it was? Yeah. And you know what sucks is that <laughs> when you look at the, the MVP list, not a single wide receiver not even Jerry Rice or Randy Moss or Tara Owens ever won the MVP. It was always a quarterback or a running back. Oh, and there was there was one kicker who who won MVP back in 1982. So, but <laughs> How but many everything field goals else did that man kick, man. Jesus. Everything else was you know uh, quarterback and running back. And then if you go from 1977 and earlier, you have ran like you have a you have a defensive tackle who won it. You have a, a couple of full sorry. Oh, they put Jim Brown as a fullback, which is a running back. So He's a running back, yeah. A true fullback has never won MVP, nor will they ever. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, Mike Allstott. You're not, not going to happen. Not going to happen. But I mean, Jesus, then just name it the damn quarterback award already. and Just, just do done. it. Exactly. Right? Yeah, we so know it's going <sighs> to. That's all I got. That was fun. I like that. It's fun, man. The season's coming to an end. I can't believe, man. Christmas is coming, Chris. I like. I, what are you, what are you asking? Going? What what are you asking Santa for? Like, what's number one on your on your like wish list? Oh, man, you know I don't. Uh, know. Other than a vacation, <laughs> vacation would be great, man. <laughs> Fly down to somewhere tropical, I'd be nice. Um, yeah, I don't really need anything anymore, dude. Like, I'm a happy guy. I, I like talking football and and doing mm-hmm. this. You know what? I'll ask for Santa. Make me full time, man. Make me full time uh, analyst for football. Yep. Get me to for, be a for GM. Me, for me, it's it's not it's no longer about and this has been this way for a while now, but it's never it's not no longer about the the materialistic items, you know, the actual physical items, because I can I, I, I can buy those myself. Like right. if there's something that I want, I'll go out and I'll buy it. Absolutely. You know, um, it's more about the experiences for me. Like, you know, like I don't want, you know, um you know, a fancy, you know, gadget or, or new this or new that, like, like I'd rather, I'd much rather like have a, have really good seats to a sporting event that I want sure. to go to, you know, Absolutely. like, give me, give me the experience with the people that I, I love and, and love sharing those experiences with over an item any day of the week. Yeah, man. I'm about the consumables now too, man. Cause like you said, if, if my TV breaks, I go buy one. If something breaks, I go buy one. If I want something, I go buy it. I don't need the gift anymore. You know, unless you're giving me Super Bowl tickets. Yeah. That's a great gift. That's you're, but that's you an hit, experience. That's what I'm saying. It's it, yeah, you, give me you, the experience. Hit, you, you hit you hit the nail on the head. That's a great way to put it. And seeing my kids happy is is good enough for me too. I mean, I'm, I'm an old guy now, so it's it's good. So uh, Santa, uh, <clears throat> Jake, if you're listening, we yeah. would love to go to the Super Bowl this year. <clears throat> Jake, <clears throat> you know that'd be a nice bo- <laughs> that'd be a nice bonus, man. <laughs> that Super would be Bowl a, tickets. That would be a bonus for the next forty years. You know, <laughs> okay. that would be bucket list bonus. Like that's yeah. just how it is, man. Fifty grand a ticket. Like I don't know who's affording that shit nowadays. <sighs> But let's get out of here, Chris. I think I'm a little tired. I need another beverage. 
I thought you were gonna say you have to go drop a deuce, but I was like, no, no, that not not post show pre show. Well done, well done. Yeah, post show, we got nothing left, man. We're we're empty. We're <laughs> we're good. We gotta re, we gotta reload, man. <laughs> but anyway, we'll, we'll close this one out, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Vineyard Remedy. Uh, to all listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.